Welcome back to Inspiring Neighbors Podcast, where we highlight seemingly ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Today, Angela and I had the chance to sit down with a fellow, a good friend of mine named Darcy Henneberry. Wasn't he awesome, Angela? He was awesome. Oh man, I feel like we kicked off this podcast with like the best of the best. <laughs> yeah, I think he... He, he's the perfect example of the, the type of stories we want to highlight and his experiences and how confidently he can talk about it. I, I just I feel like I learned a lot. I agree. It blew me away just listening to him talk. And I've known him for two years. <laughs> but So Darcy is um, he's the ultimate example of a doer, what we would call a doer. Uh, he, he makes a decision and then he goes after it and he does it. There's really no excuses in Darcy's life. Right. Yeah. He uh, Darcy has created two different companies. One uh, called Mortgage Pal, which is an award-winning international mor- mortgage brokerage across Canada. And the other company he created more recently is called Imagine Consulting, where he coaches mindset, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which was amazing to hear about. Yeah, and it was cool to see uh, the stories about how they connect. Like, actually, one is the springboard for another, and they're all kind of aligned into the kind of joy and goodness that he wants to bring into the world. And you see it happening. It's very obvious, eh? Like, a lot of people say they want to bring joy to people, Mm -hmm. but you can see it in his face Mm -hmm. and feel it just in his presence. So we had an amazing chance to talk about his ability to... To chase the life he wants. And he seems very good at that, hey? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's inspiring, as you said. <laughs> There's no better word for it than inspiring. Uh, so uh, sit back and enjoy Darcy Henneberry. Let's talk to our neighbors, because everyone can inspire. The Inspiring Neighbors Podcast Light Your Fire. Little less conversation, a little more action. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. But he says a little less conversation. We want a little more conversation. A little more conversation, a little less action. Okay, you guys want to hear a joke? Yeah. This is a Tommy joke. So Tommy's in Taekwondo. His master's name is Master Bay. And he comes home. And he goes, hey, Dad, what's Master Bay's favorite drink? <laughs> and he goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's good. That's so cool. today is a monstrosity <laughs> of a day because we have somebody I've known for two years uh, in my basement that I haven't met in real life before. <laughs> and it's surreal to be staring at him. Uh, it's easy to stare at him, though. He's a great looking guy, right, Angela? <laughs> Approved. <laughs> but Approved. I think you need to explain a little more quickly because okay. that sounded terrifying. <laughs> so uh, Darcy Henneberry and I met almost Gosh. two years ago. I, yeah, it must have almost been two, year, two years now. Yeah. Wow, we, it's incredible. We we both logged on to an online like, self-development mindset training course. Mm-hmm. And I remember Laura's reaction. We almost, you almost separated us. What? <laughs> she goes, oh, wow, Darcy's handsome. <laughs> and I agreed, but I was like, come on. I'm right <laughs> I'm here. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
what he just texted him. <laughs> so, yeah, that... Uh, Thank you for almost ruining my marriage. Well, I'm glad you guys. Yeah. Just, it's a testament to your marriage that you were yeah, able yeah. to stick yeah. together. It didn't work out, so fortunately for me, she had to stick with me. Um, but no, that's I remember that. I'll never forget that. And then we became friends through that course. Mm-hmm. And then we started, uh, we called it a mastermind call every week, mm-hmm. where we did like a book club book reading club mastermind yeah, yeah it started as reading and then i don't think we've read for oh, gosh a months. few months now yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just log on and catch talk. up and yeah. chat and yeah well we were so we came together to start reading uh judge thomas chord's think or no um i was gonna say think and grow rich um the hidden power hidden power the hidden power by thomas chord yeah which is a pretty technical book and pretty. pretty challenging. Often we'd read, you know, one paragraph or maybe one page and that would take us the whole hour to decipher it. Yeah. And uh, I just struggled reading the words, yeah. <laughs> let alone understanding it. Yeah, it was written in the late 1800s, so it's a little different. By a judge. By a judge. Yeah. yeah. Did, is there a Wikipedia? <laughs> like a Coles Summary, Coles Notes, yeah. Notes? Yeah. yeah. There may be. <laughs> Hopefully YouTube not video. by a judge. <laughs> Did you make it all the way through the book? Um, we have gotten very close to the end. And then we just <laughs> stopped reading. Is that what you stopped reading? <laughs> yeah. So we, it, it was too ambitious? <laughs> maybe we the, just learned what we needed too. to. Yeah, I mean, we just, we, we're all so active. We're doing so many fun things. And mm-hmm. every Friday we mm-hmm. connect and mm-hmm. to book club. And it's just the, the last number of Fridays, the last couple of months have just been so much going on that we want to update each other and, and support each other in our growth, right? Well, we'll get back to the book. We should yeah. get back to the book. We should. Yeah. I love this just logging on and having a silly conversation yeah. every week yeah it's that's good. fun yeah and usually i have like kids running around and screaming and crying in the background and darcy's very patient <laughs> i don't have kids so it's uh, fun to live vicariously through you. yeah <laughs> <laughs> to just be able to close your laptop yeah. and turn it off <laughs> one day one day <laughs> okay so digital parenting 101 <laughs> yeah i had a whole bunch of amazing things to say about Darcy, but the one thing I wanted to say, and I was telling Angela, I was kind of downloading some things to Angela, uh, and Laura says this too, is that uh, Darcy is a doer. He, I haven't heard him say anything before that he hasn't followed through on. Hmm. And usually it's like immediate, as I snap my fingers in the <laughs> background. So I think like I really want to get into that about darcy Hmm. and how you do that and kind of what motivates you Hmm. the latest example is you found this really nice car that you liked you saw it (laughs) in your your parkade uh no it was at a it was at a car dealership that i saw it yeah and you just you walked past it and you said i want that i want it and then this is a really nice car and one day he'll drive it down here and he'll show us yeah yeah (laughs) but uh I think what a week, two weeks later. Oh, am I exaggerating? Less than that. Yeah. Okay. the 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 story is that uh, I was I, I had no intention of actually buying a car immediately. I just wanted to start the process of finding the next vehicle for me and thinking, you know, it might take a, a year or whatever. And I was test driving every other every week. Uh, I'd go out and test drive a couple of different vehicles, and um, I had been to all the nice dealerships around town, 
um, and my intuition went off and it said, go back to Audi and check out, check out the um, uh, particular car there. And as I went downstairs into the garage, there was this beautiful red Porsche Cayenne 2021. It had only had, uh, 10,000 kilometers on it. And, um, and, uh, so it's virtually new. Um, but it was a coupe and I, and, and I want a full size vehicle. So it wasn't, it wasn't exactly the right fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was about five o'clock. So they were closing and they said, come back tomorrow and give it a test drive on my way to, to the test drive. My intuition goes off again. Now I've learned over the years to listen to my intuition when it says do something, I do it. And so it said, uh, on your way, stop in at Porsche. I'd been there before. So, uh, Wes comes up to me and says, Hey, Taris, welcome back. And I let him know I'm on my way to test drive this car. And he speaks so wonderfully about it. And, and I let him know, I said, you know, unfortunately it's, it's a coupe and I want a full size. He said, well, you're not going to believe this. I said, try me. He goes, he goes, well, within the last two days, about 40 hours ago, uh, an allocation for a 2022 Porsche Cayenne, um, uh, full size vehicle just became available. Now it's about a two, two and a half year wait. If I put my name on a list to, to get called mm -hmm. to design the vehicle. Um, so I, I guess what happened was they called this gentleman to design his car and ready to move forward and he canceled his order. And I was the lucky person that uh, happened to walk in at the right time. Uh, and so I said, sure. Okay, I'll do it. Uh, I went and test drove the other car just to make sure mm -hmm. I, I liked uh, the vehicle, I fell in love with it, came back and, uh, and, and we moved forward. So the car's ordered and should be delivered in about October or November. So, you know, it's a two year wait right now mm -hmm. and then you have to design it, then it has to get delivered. And from the moment of saying yes to delivery, it'll be about five months. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you've been dreaming about it ever since. It's been uh, it's on my computer every time I open my oh. computer. It's 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 right there. Yeah, it's it's it's. I'm really looking forward to it. Do you have a name for her? No, or no. I think I, I need to meet her first, right? Oh, okay. I think you That's know. That's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you gotta feel her out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with feeling her up. Um. <laughs> Falling flat jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you so disappointed with yourself like the there. timing was just like... <laughs> Tiny bit off. Almost. I'll work on it. Almost. I can edit it. No, it'll be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Oh, no, that's I have like a timeline that I track down on the internet. And oh, I want wow. you to correct me if I'm wrong. Okay? We'll, we'll, we'll correct this the record like, right now. It, okay. And then we'll write a Wikipedia article <laughs> yeah. about you. Yeah, these Wikipedia articles. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the so, end goal of all this, actually. Yeah. <laughs> get some Wikipedia content. So you, in 2007, mm -hmm. you started working in the banking sector. I Is did. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And you were there for five years? Five years. Yeah. Okay. And then 2012, you decided, I've had enough with banking. Yeah, kind it was, of. It was uh, so. 2012, my brother and I uh, came together and built Mortgage Pal. Okay. Um, but I didn't leave the bank until 2013. We wanted to make sure that the business model was sound, uh, that we could get some revenue. Uh, I was uh, well compensated at the bank, um, and you know had bills and everything to to manage, mm -hmm. and uh, hadn't had experience as a mortgage broker in the past. My brother had you know close to a decade at the time of experience, so we we agreed that he would start it, get the revenue going. Uh, then he got an assistant and kept building the revenue, and then it was now time to hire a third person. Like him, yeah. him, the next person. And, and the next person <laughs> that's how it works right one two three <laughs> and uh and then we we agreed that 
um, it was time for me to let go of the shore and uh, take the leap. So I calculated how much my uh, my my costs were. Uh, my boyfriend at the time and I were living in downtown Vancouver, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, so our 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 my my portion of the cost came to thirteen hundred dollars a month downtown Vancouver uh, in two thousand and thirteen. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. We had a nice townhouse. It was it was a really nice space. Um, and then I figured I needed another five hundred dollars for spending money. You mm-hmm. know, so eighteen hundred. So my brother and I agreed that uh, we would commit to an eighteen hundred dollar salary per month and oh uh, and and go for it. And there were a number of months where neither of us could uh, could pay for ourselves. We always paid our staff as we continued to grow. We we con- we we it was very important to us to always be paying our staff first. So there was yeah many times throughout the years that uh, first couple of years that we uh, we had to hold back our own our own salaries and uh, and what an opportunity you know what an amazing opportunity to grow uh, a business with your brother and, and no kidding uh, just I've, I feel so blessed to have had that opportunity. Can I ask you how you felt leaving your job and going to this company that you guys had just started? I felt like I retired. Yeah. yeah. Was there fear? Um, no, not that I recall. Wow. So I'm looking at Angela. This is something about Darcy that amazes me. If I quit my job, no matter what I was going to, but if I like stopped my career, I'd probably have a heart attack the next day. <laughs> Just there would be so many things on my brain about finances and how am i going to pay for this and how am i going to pay for that mm-hmm. i think even before like, <laughs> just, oh, the, yeah. just the thought of like planning to yeah make such a switch it was, yeah. is scary so but not for you <laughs> well not that i recall no mm-hmm. um it was more just the opportunity of working with my brother and building something that uh that it you know it was, it was the purpose behind mm-hmm. it that really was the driver that's that's my question is like what what is the dream behind mortgage pal like what what motivated you guys to- for, for for me it yeah. was to build something with my brother mm-hmm. yeah that was the major motivation to build something with my brother um and uh uh from there it was it was just an amazing compound effect and how the ideas as you as you can as we executed on ideas and they started to compound new ideas would flow in and and we had pretty big dreams of um that actually came to fruition so Mortgage Pal ended up um, uh, morphing into a much larger brokerage called Tango Financial, and uh, Tango um, is a couple of major brokerages that came together, um, merged together, and Mortgage Pal being part of that group. And so now we have over 500 brokers uh, within Tango, uh, including God. Mortgage Pal, where there's about 35 brokers within Mortgage Pal. And so I oversee mm-hmm. Mortgage Pal while my brother is uh, part of the executive team of Tango. Holy smokes. Mm -hmm. So that was 2012 it started. Yeah. And the retirement comment, let's, I want to mention that because, um, that, that's a real, like, I really still feel like I'm retired. Um, I remember when I left the bank, there was two weeks. I, (laughs) I left the bank on March 22nd, my birthday being March 21st and, uh, March 21st was a Thursday. Friday was March 22nd. March 22nd was the day that the bank gave away, like, did all their bonuses. So, oh, okay. so bonus day was once a year, and there was always a mass exodus on bonus day. Yeah. And so um, so I had my letter ready. Bonus came in and wrapped up this final file that I needed to get done in order to yeah. make sure the clients were taken care of and and uh, and gave my notice. But what happened before I gave my notice, because I, I was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon by now, because I really needed, I wanted to make sure these guys were taken care of. My boss had given her notice in the morning, and 
and I didn't know because I was my head was down. So I went to give my notice. My boss was no longer an employee. Oh no! <laughs> so I had to give my notice to someone else. Just leave it on her desk and walk out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the next guy. But then, um, but then there was there was uh, that was a Friday, and I told everybody I was throwing a big birthday party for myself. And uh, but, but what they didn't know that it was a going away party. So that was a lot of fun. And then I had two weeks until I started with my brother uh, on April 1st. So the first week was this experience of like shedding the stress yeah. from the bank, you know, decompression. Like, oh, it was just incredible. Um, the, the, the sales pressure that, that mm. existed there and um, the culture that was that was at the bank there. Um, I, 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 it was just incredible, you know, decompression, like you said. And uh, but then there was a second week where I didn't have any responsibilities from the bank and didn't have any responsibilities for the new business yet because uh, I was starting March for April 1st. Yeah. I felt like I retired. I was like, this must be what retirement feels like. Yeah. I've never that, that feeling has continued to today. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. I can see it. Like when we get on calls and stuff, you look like you're just chilling all the time. Yeah. And you'll like he'll mute the call and say, oh, I got a I got a phone call. And it's like a business, it's a client. And he'll just talk to him like it's his friend. Yeah. I feel like every, like, I've had a chance to just stare at you on the screen while you're talking <laughs> creepily to a client. And it just looks like you're always talking to a friend. Mm. And yeah. that's, I don't know, that's something that's I found amazing about you. Mm. Because they're not, it's not a business to you. It's kind of like you've built this just into your life it's like a part of your lifestyle is yeah. oh on this side i sell mortgages that's amazing i just congrats because uh that's like especially starting out a fresh semi-fresh company right that mm -hmm. you're intending to grow how do you either remove or just not have the pressure that you know the fear that you have to like you were saying you have in the in the bank you have that pressure to mm -hmm. be selling mm -hmm what makes the pressure go away other than just maybe not having a boss telling you otherwise oh i still had a boss like... my brother was definitely, okay. definitely <laughs> my boss <laughs> we'll get we all always have a boss my brother has a boss <laughs> his wife is definitely the boss <laughs> okay. i don't know if wives have a boss <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, you know pressure is pressure is really ultimately what you make of it right it's it's ultimately what you make of it um i definitely experienced pressure uh it, the fear leaving the bank i didn't experience it because you can always just make more money i mean it's it's not i, I don't mean to be rude here i i don't think it's that actually difficult to make money if you put your head down and you focus you can earn money it's yeah. all about the service you give to others um and uh you know i i i'm very grateful for the time i had at the bank because i had the opportunity of of studying customer service while i was at the bank of mm -hmm. making a difference for others um and really focusing on the end goal which is to uh support the person your client in achieving their goals that's ultimately my goal and uh, one thing i've learned since you and i met trevor over the last couple of years is uh and, and that i've really taken on as part of my own self-image is that everyone i meet i leave with an impression of increase so everyone i come in contact with is left with an impression of increase and that reminds me always to remain focused on the other individual um, and with respect to fear uh, i've also learned that Whenever you're in a state of fear, it's because you're thinking about yourself. Mm -hmm. If you really sit and think of at any time that you're afraid, mm -hmm. 
you're thinking about yourself. There's seven basic fears to human being per Napoleon Hill. And if you look at them all, they're all about yourself. They're all, you know, feel of fear of ill health, fear of poverty, fear of criticism, et cetera. They're all about yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so if, you, if you're in a state of fear, mm-hmm. all you have to do is flip it. Flip what you're thinking about and focus on the other individual. Stop thinking about yourself. Stop thinking That's about yourself. That's why I'm always scared. <laughs> <laughs> Were you always like this? Were you always so like motivated and positive? Like when? What were you like when you were a kid? I remember being. (laughs) I remember being in grade seven and counseling the girls on the boys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. much needed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh and yeah they all I, I was always told that I'd either be a lawyer or a counselor mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool because as you know being in the bank and now and, and being in mortgages and now in my new business um it's all very much counseling supporting you know making sure that that you're you're helping another person achieve their goals so the girls would come to you for advice yeah, I, I have very vivid memories of being on the grass at Willow's Elementary School with the girls talking about the boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many jokes. <laughs> yeah, I actually bumped into a, um, someone from high school. Uh, I was just out shopping one day. And uh, I honestly, I don't really, I don't really remember him. I remember, I like, I remember him a little bit, but you know, it's like so long ago, right? And he's like, "You told me such and such," um, which changed my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I, I don't remember. But just a slow Tuesday for me. But it was, it was pretty, pretty awesome. And and uh, I also remember uh, when I was a kid, we had a coffee table book called. Don't sweat the small stuff, mm-hmm. and I was very attracted to that idea. Mm-hmm. You know that just don't, don't, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't worry about it. Stay focused on what you want. Let go of what you don't. Interesting. What a cool book to have in your house as a kid. Yeah, I was like nine years old. Very. Yeah, it influenced me a lot. Actually, I'd like to find that book again. Do you remember? Was it something like your parents would ever discuss with you, or like something they would uh, show you in that way, or you know, unintentionally? I think, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, as I've become more spiritual and and um, and understanding the the new rules around intentional manifestation, um, uh, which of course includes thinking positively, but it's so much more more than that. Um, my uh, parents have shared with me how my grandfather used to be very much uh, oh, wow. th- th- thought along this, these lines as well. And Ooh. yeah, so it's kind of interesting to hear That's that good. it's been multi-generational in my family. Um, now I'm actually studying it to a, to a you know, great degree. Uh, but it became naturally for, for my grandfather, for my father. My, my parents talk about how my dad used to, uh, um, you know, shift his thinking around around creation and, and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. It's neat to be studying it now as well. No I, I really love studying intentional manifestation. I love studying consciousness. Sure. And do you look back and like, can you see examples where your parents were doing that that you maybe didn't realize when you were young, but you could see like, a focus not sweating the small stuff mm-hmm. and b focusing on what they want and manifesting that yep absolutely 100 percent. i mean we used to i grew up in quebec and um mm. and then my family moved out west and uh and re- restarted um and uh they were very very focused on their goals very focused on exactly what they wanted. So they had clarity in the life that they were creating and they just went for it. They went out there and created it. 
and um and my, yeah, my dad did very well for himself my mom was working with my uncle and managed his business and you know the the office and uh so they just put their head down they just focused they created exactly what they wanted to create and uh live in a great life and gosh they traveled all around they I, at one point they um they <laughs> my dad bought a motorcycle so he he really wanted a bmw motorcycle and so they went up to kamloops to uh for whatever reason uh oh my 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 um parents best friends lived in kamloops okay. so they weren't on a trip to kamloops and while they were there they they wanted to go out and buy this motorcycle mm-hmm. um unfortunately they got sidetracked and bought a dog instead okay <laughs> a little sideways yeah yeah i yeah. went a, kind of a little sideways there uh so they got a, a, a they got a um, beautiful beagle and named it beamer <laughs> oh, <I love laughs> it. Yeah. yeah yeah and then eventually my dad still got the motorcycle and so a bmw and then um and then they they created this uh uh, dog cage and had it on the back of the BMW what? and so then Beamer the dog <laughs> was the in the cage with my mom and my dad <laughs> on the bike oh my god <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna ask did Beamer ride the bike yeah yeah all the time all the time oh, and wow. uh, and then at one point they shipped it over to Europe and they did this trip around Europe and um, with the like with a local BMW group here yeah. in Van- or in Vancouver um and uh yeah so they've they very much have always been clear on what they want to create and they go after it okay that's the second time you've mentioned clarity Mm. and laura and i had a conversation i think just last night or two days ago about clarity and how (laughs) laura likes to coach me so i need to find (laughs) clarity on what i want and be like crystal clear Mm -hmm. and that's something you do very well Mm -hmm. how do you do that like how do you how do you clear away all the fuzz and the and, and the I, I, would, I would even go back to like as a child growing up did you have that clarity like and leaving school what was you know you're talking about your parents clarity for their goals mm-hmm. what was your thinking about goals at an early age so i had i would say i had a lack of clarity as a kid and a lack of self-confidence as well um moved around a little bit and uh and and so i jumped from school to school for a little while um until we got settled at willows and then in oak bay in in victoria and um and uh i always was trying to fit in um trevor i remember from your podcast episode two there that uh you had a very similar experience Mm -hmm. and uh um and so i was i was very much trying to mold who I am in order to appease the people around me in order to fit in, um, which as you suggested in your podcast is exactly the opposite of what we should be doing. Figure out who you are, what you want and, and become that unapologetically, you know, and really shine because through that people get to really see who you are. And, and it's quite inspiring. I find when you, when somebody's real, they're, they're very inspiring. So, um, but no, back to your question. As a, as a child, um, I didn't have that clarity. What I did know is what I didn't want. I didn't know what I wanted, but I, I was very good at figuring out what I didn't want. So I tried a bunch of stuff out. Um, I was uh, very fortunate. My brother uh, is seven years older than I am. And so he's been a mentor of mine throughout life and mm-hmm. in business. And, um, and he, uh, he actually did international business studies through UVic. And, and so at one point he was in Shanghai for, uh, for a year, mm-hmm. uh, I was 13 and, uh, my 
parents took me to Japan for um, a week and China for two weeks, back to Japan for a week and then home. And uh, I had my 14th birthday on the Great Wall of China. There's actually this, there's this photo of me throwing a snowball, snowball off the Great Wall of China, but the ball is out of my hand yet still in frame. It's oh my god, it's really cool. Yeah, my my dad. Sorry, I'll get jumping all around. But my my dad actually uh, at the hotel, um, the there were these scones and they were hard as a rock. And my dad um, uh, got the whole bus group of people at the bottom of the Great Wall of China to sing me Happy Birthday. He was smoking at the time so he took a cigarette and put it put it in the middle of this scone and that was my, my oh, birthday cake it. <laughs> it was awesome yeah yeah um so instead creative. of blowing out Thinking. the candle you just grabbed the smoke yeah and started, <laughs> and you started chain smoking from that now. moment onward yeah <laughs> thanks dad yeah. yeah um Anyway, but uh, but I bring all that up because uh, when I got home, I, I did have clarity. I had clarity that I wanted to do what my brother was doing. Um, I found, you know, as for, uh, being a 14 year old, I found that uh, uh, him living on campus in Shanghai was really cool. Um, the independence was awesome. The experience he was having, the cultural experience um, and the study. So uh, but I was more attracted to Japan. And so I got back to Victoria, started doing some research, found out that um, grade nine onward, there's a Japanese program in my in my school. So oh, I what? started studying Japanese. Mm-hmm. I started researching uh, exchange programs and I did a grade 11 exchange. I went uh, mm-hmm. lived in Japan and and a girl came and lived in in my home. I went and lived in hers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Kumiko. Mm-hmm. Kumiko was my parents daughter for a year. <laughs> So and, yeah, do you still speak Jap- Japanese? Uh, not a not not yeah. I mean a little bit. I, there was this one day my friend and I um, were playing softball, and you know softball. A couple of drinks were involved, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and we're walking home, uh, and we uh, stop in at this hotel to use their facilities, and uh, I come back outside, and as I come outside, there's this gaggle of Japanese businessmen all hanging out and yeah. talking and having a good time, and I ended up just just starting to talk to them in Japanese oh, and uh, we were all kind of shocked <laughs> they were shocked I was shocked like it was just coming out this is just happening yeah, a few years ago so it's been a long time since I've been there and when I came home I, I didn't continue my studies so I haven't been keeping up on my Japanese and uh, and then Krista comes out of the washroom and she comes outside and she's just I remember her face like it was yesterday she's just like what is happening she didn't know I spoke Japanese yeah, who are you <laughs> and here I am just these Japanese guys and me we're all laughing and having a great time and she just was like what is going on here came out into a new world oh wow there's something about a couple drinks and language (laughs) yeah that makes it super i don't know it's like all of a sudden you're an expert in that language (laughs) i had to learn spanish because i married a colombian with parents who refused to speak english (laughs) to me And I remember one party like early on in our dating career uh, where I had had a couple drinks and I just like I was an expert in Spanish. I'd like to go back and like find someone who took a video of me to Mm. actually see what I was rambling on about. But it's something like I think it your brain switches a little and instead Mm -hmm. of trying to translate as you're talking, Mm -hmm. the couple drinks just help you just speak. Just let it go. You just think in that language. Yeah. 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 
Oh, I would have liked to see you speak That's Japanese. Cool. It was fun. This is, this is a new like language uh, learning program we're suggesting here. Because I think yeah. so much of like learning a language is just getting over that like fear, hesitation that you're going to say the wrong thing or you don't know the right word. It's like, just have some drinks and, exactly. <laughs> and practice. Learn. You'll lose so, on the tongue. So tips are to learn a language, become an alcoholic. And you're, you're good. Uh, were you always like charismatic? You mentioned confidence when you were in school. You said, which actually surprised me, that you weren't always confident. Mm. And I think I link charismatic to confidence, mm. charisma to confidence. Were you always? Did you always have that charisma, like to just walk up to a group of Japanese businessmen and start a conversation? A conversation. I guess it depends on the on like the situation, right? Sometimes yeah. you're going to be more fearful than others, and um, again, a couple of drinks kind of takes care of that True. with the Japanese guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, but I mean, yeah, I just I just love uh, I love life. I love life. I love people. Um, I really enjoy getting to know uh, new people and, and hearing stories. And uh, I've mentioned culture a couple times. I love different cultures. Um, and uh, and so I think maybe that's where you're getting that sense of charisma. Char mm -hmm. uh, charisma. charisma yeah. um, is, is just because... I mean, I guess that's pretty attractive, right? When yeah. when when you're when you're connected, I think human connection is an attraction. I agree. Yeah, yeah. You're very good at it. When did you make that realization that you were kind of trying to fit a mold mm. and and you wanted to be yourself now? Hmm. Wow. Oh, that's a big question. Yeah, that's a big we question. Go deep here. Yeah, <clears throat> we go deep here. As my voice cracks, we go deep. We go deep here. Yeah. So wow. Um, I mean, what comes to mind is my sexuality. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, this it was a struggle um, coming to terms with my sexuality as I grew up. Yeah. Um, I as a as a teenager, I made myself really wrong for it. Um, I didn't, yeah, I I'm just kind of in there. I, did, I just really made myself quite wrong for it. Yeah. Um, I had an image of what I was supposed to be with and who mm -hmm. I was supposed to be, uh, per, um, per culture, you yeah. know? Um, and, uh, and I was so wrong, so wrong. I thought my family wouldn't accept me and my friends wouldn't accept me. And so I was very much trying to fit this mold of what I thought other people thought I should be. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, anytime we're thinking about, um, what we think other people think of us, we're just so in the wrong. We like, just don't even think about it. So when you when you came out was there a lot of support i was very well supported um i uh i came out as as uh as bi i told my mom i think i might be gay yeah. <laughs> i was very non-committal about it yeah. yeah 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 uh we were just watching tv one day and i was like mom can we pause yeah. <laughs> i think i might be gay and her her reaction was um was definitely acceptance for sure for sure yeah. uh but her fears were my health and my career mm -hmm. those were those were her fears for my health and my career um and uh and and I was immediately confident that both would be fine when she brought those up. I was like, those, those will be totally fine. Is that it? 
I got that. No <laughs> issue. Is that it? Do you still love me? Okay, cool. All right, let's do this. So oh, wow. yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, and then, um, but then I stayed in that bisexual state for, for quite a while, uh, ended up with a really wonderful person, um, uh, and, uh, beautiful and, um, and she, she actually fit the exact mold of the person that I thought I was supposed to be with. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, like perfectly. Um, and we, we traveled around the world, went to Dubai, mm-hmm. um, went to uh, an art, ex- art exhibit there. She actually did her master's in um, Middle Eastern art. In Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, and she opened an art gallery while we were together. What? Um, yeah, That's so cool. it was awesome. And we had a wonderful trip in, in Dubai. I'm looking forward to going back again. I've mm-hmm. got some friends actually that, uh, that are moving there soon so i'll probably go visit them in the next couple of years um but uh but um yeah you know we we had this one fight this one fight and uh and i had to leave i i had to i had to leave the home and and go cool off and and uh and when i did i went and asked myself some really serious questions yeah and uh and what i what i came to was that i was gay you know, it just, just wasn't fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this wasn't the right, uh, the right fit I could tell. And, uh, and I thought, well, if this isn't the right fit, then, then I, then you've got to be really serious here, mm-hmm. like answer it. So, uh, I went back upstairs and, and I, and I told her and, and, uh, and she accepted it and, you know, we, we moved on. Um, uh, when I had met her, I told her I was bisexual on mm-hmm. our third date. So she, she knew that part of me, but, yeah. um, yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't going to work. Um, got to really be you, you know, you got to figure out who you are and be it unapologetically. Just be you. And I imagine there's a sense of like relief when you made that. Oh God. Like I can stop kind of pretending and now I can commit to this and be Well, me. now I can connect with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause now I can be me. I lived in Whistler, uh, before I went to the bank, I lived in Whistler for, um, for a season. Oh. And, um, the, uh, I couldn't. The whole time I was in Whistler, I didn't build any really strong friendships. Mm-hmm. I had very, very high level friendships with coworkers and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, actually, I I built I built a couple really good friendships, but those were people that did know my sexuality, right. did mm-hmm. know me, right? Who you um, could be real around. I could be real around. But everyone else, all the guys and gals at the restaurants mm-hmm. that I worked at. Um, I never made like crazy deep connections with them. Uh, the guys I was pretending to be you know like i i was i was i wasn't even bisexual i i was i was um pretending to be straight and uh so i couldn't talk to the guys about the girls because i wasn't really attracted to the girls yeah. and then i couldn't talk to the girls about the guys because i was in the closet and so i'd never made these like deep connections with anyone and that's something that has really stuck with me throughout mm-hmm. the years uh and how i've noticed that you know i've i've built such wonderful deep connections like with with the likes of you and mm-hmm. laura and um i'm like looking forward to getting to new, know you more angela and and um and and just the uh yeah just the the relationships that i have now are so deep and connected because i am who i am and um i'm able to be present uh, with the other individual because of that i'm not hiding anything at all vulnerability is power mm-hmm. there's a giving trust like when you're being vulnerable you are putting out there that you trust whoever you're being vulnerable with Mm -hmm. to to accept you and to embrace you and to like you know uh, appreciate uh, everything you're bringing and uh, and i think 
trusting people like most of the time people do step up to that trust right like yeah. you that that fear that we have that people are not going to accept us is just lack of trust too in in who people are and how uh how they can see yeah the value that you have i think as as human beings we all crave <laughs> connection we crave deep connection and yet we all have these facades and you know, yeah. uh, that we put on and what are they there for? They're there to protect us. They're there to help us connect with somebody that, and, but we're doing it so superficially. We're, we're, we're trying to be somebody that we think that they're thinking that we should be and they're doing the same. And so then there's no actual deep connection there. But as soon as we let all those layers go and you truly accept vulnerability and you understand that actually being vulnerable is being powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and it allows you, it allows that deeper connection. And my gosh, that's where love is created. And that higher level of emotion mm -hmm. is, is created. Sure. Yeah. If I think back on like my really good friendships, that's those friendships are the ones that I could be myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the friendships that have kind of withered away and mm -hmm. I was probably trying to be someone mm -hmm. a little bit different. Yeah. So now that you've, now that you're more yourself, you're a, some friendships are moving away. You're yeah. no longer harmonizing with those, yeah. but now other friendships are developing that are really strong and, and have a, a beautiful foundation to them. Eh? Exactly. Yeah. I've mentioned alignment in a previous podcast and that's like, when you're out of alignment, it doesn't feel good. And when, when you've experienced complete alignment, being out of alignment is like, it almost feels as like a depression. Mm. When you know what alignment feels like now, being unaligned or being not yourself or pretending in any way, it just feels terrible. So what does alignment feel like to you? Like joy, like mm. peace and joy, I feel like. Like I'm just a hundred percent happy when I'm aligned and being when I get to be myself like I go to work and I'm not aligned I'm I find I'm finding ways now to align myself to what I do and and like the meetings and the work I do on a day-to-day -day basis I f I'm finding ways to align myself with that and still be myself while I'm doing it instead of trying to be this engineer Trevor that doesn't really exist mm. um to try to impress people, right? Try to impress the client, try to impress my boss, pretend to know everything. Uh, when I start letting that go and realize I don't know everything, but I can still be awesome. I can still be Trevor. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, it helps that person relieve the pressure on them to kind of lower their shields a little bit, right? Because they see you being vulnerable. I remember one meeting I had where... Uh, I was having a call with a client that's really, they're like intense. They're super intense, pretty intimidating. They're very on the ball, like ask really hard questions. And I remember going into the call saying, I can struggle through this or I can just be myself and see what happens. Mm. And the second the call started, I made a joke. I asked about his family. And then from then on, it was like the easiest conversation I've ever had. Mm. And my relationship with that guy through the project was the only decent relationship that I had in the project. And that's such like, so would you say happiness is harmonizing with people around you? I'd say happiness is harmonizing with yourself, Ooh. your real self. Yeah. I love that. And it's, 
a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You like you're there. We're all just sitting here waiting to be harmonized with, I guess. <laughs> you you can choose to um, be someone a little bit different or you can choose to be yourself and one feels great and one doesn't. So har happiness is harmonizing with the true essence of who you are. I would being. say so, yeah. Mm, nice. I think it connects to uh, things you said earlier too about the um, improv, saying the first thing that comes to mind. Like exactly. the first thing that comes to mind is you it's like natural and then the second is probably you overthinking Me and filtering. trying to be the right thing for the audience that you're with yeah um and there's also like i think sometimes we talk to we talk a lot about um being yourself but yourself probably is constantly changing right you're constantly evolving and your your understanding of who yourself is you're growing into that person hopefully it's not a static thing so even that is an effort to okay you learned how to be in touch with yourself you are yourself uh i heard by the way i wanted to get into like the move to whistler mm -hmm. i think was in itself a big move mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that you're done it's like you made this big move to be closer to what you want but it's not a one-time thing. And as you discover more who that is and what that means to you, um, you have to be like brave enough to move on to the next thing. And even if it like, the, like gets you out of harmony with the people that you enjoyed being in harmony for a time, it no longer needs to hold you back. Like you, it's, it's a moving train. Mm. Yeah. It's like always, it's like the safety net you create for yourself and you push a little mm -hmm. bit on it to make it a little bit bigger. And it feels good. So you push a little bit bigger, more and you're always just kind of, you're not, I don't think you're changing. I think you're discovering. Mm. You're yeah. kind of discovering who you really are. Taking away those layers that you created when you were a kid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of forgetting. Yeah. I agree. Do you think all of this, like that journey you had has a lot to do with where you are today and how certainly brave, like, I guess the lack of fear in these big decisions you've made <laughs> Does, the lack of fear comes from a significant amount of faith right that's you know and and like i said earlier just really anytime i do feel fearful uh switching that around and focusing on on the purpose of 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 the shift that i'm making you know yeah uh because there's definitely been a lot of big shifts lately yeah. and uh and they could definitely be scary um the uh you know, I'm putting on my first seminar here in Calgary on Wednesday. Um, and uh, the old me never would have never, never, never would have done it. Just would have been too scary to even consider. Uh, when you, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. When yeah. you say the old me, how old were you? Like, how long the ago old me? The like old two, me? two year ago me, even okay. a year ago me. Yeah. Yeah. Even a year ago me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because this time last year, I was a different person, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, this time last year I went into a bit of a depression actually, cause I had a bit of an, a, uh, a, um, identity crisis, mm -hmm. you know, as I was starting to really make some changes and shift, um, from, from one person to another, from one self image to another and, uh, deciding really what's, what's my overall purpose in my life? What, what, what's the reason why I'm, I'm here um, and, and realizing that I get to create that reason. I get to create that purpose. Um, and, uh, and, and then use that purpose to as motivation and, or as a, as a uh, beacon or a, 
or you know a lighthouse in the fog uh, yeah. to to pull you forward through those tough times and through those challenging times or fearful times times where you, you just don't even want to get out of bed um because you're you're riddled with fear or you're just not feeling it even even it can just be as basic as that it pulls you through those periods right and and uh and that's that's this seminar that i'm putting on i don't have fear around it i uh because it's just not really now that I'm talking about it, I'm a little fearful all of a sudden. <laughs> but then immediately I, I realized that, um, you know, anytime that you feel a feeling that you don't want to feel, like you wouldn't want to be feeling, like a feeling of fear or anxiety, worry, doubt, um, any sort of negative feeling, anytime you're feeling a negative feeling, that is a, an indication that you've lost control of your mind. You've lost control. You're no longer in control. Your programming is. Your paradigm is in control. Um, and you know that because you would never intentionally choose to feel a negative feeling. Right? So yeah. I feel my negative feelings in around my third energy center. Mm -hmm. um, I always, I, anytime I feel fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, I feel it, you know, in my, in my guts. And, uh, and so as soon as I feel it, it's a, it's, a, it's a note to myself. It's a trigger. It's like, oh, I've lost control. I'm not in control of my mind. My programming is uh, because I wouldn't be choosing these feelings. So then I know, okay, I just need to think about the polar opposite of it. What am I fearful of? Okay, now think about transformation. So, you know, everything I'm all about now is about helping others transform, learn the information of intentional manifestation so that you can take control of your mind and invent the future you desire. That's, that's the future I'm moving into is, is, is creating you know material around that information about that concept so that i can help others take control of their mind and invent the future they desire and then live it move into it and uh and that is super inspiring to me that is so motivating to me to help others transform and immediately as soon as i start to think about that i'm no longer thinking about myself i'm no mm -hmm. longer in a state of fear i'm in a state of bliss yeah you know i can see it yeah like you just you can yeah. tell the difference just as i was exactly. talking about it right yeah because yeah. as i was talking about fear of my body kind of i even felt a little fearful and then i started talking about transformation i got goosebumps it's amazing to watch them isn't it yeah, Angela? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've mentioned uh you've mentioned the move you're moving into right now mm -hmm. and that is uh, it's called Imagine Consulting that you've created. That's right. Imagine Consulting. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess one of my questions is you've built this uh, mortgage, mortgage pal. Mortgage pal. Yeah. Yep. And you're still running that, mm -hmm. right? And you are, you are moving into, I don't know if I'm going to word this the way you would, but you're moving into this identity uh, as a, a, would you call a self-development coach, a mindset coach, mm -hmm. yep. a mentor? Does the mortgage belt continue? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in the same vein. Um, uh, up until this year, uh, I was still managing my own my own book of clients while I was managing Mortgage Pal and helping other agents develop their book of clients and supporting Canadians. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, last year where the identity crisis started to come in, uh, that started around February. In about February of last year, I started to realize that um, that I've got some superpowers: mm -hmm. uh, leadership and communication, being those two areas where uh, I, I shine. Uh, leadership, I just love to lead. I love to support people in, in their growth. Um, and uh, and then from a communication perspective, what I've learned about myself is that I have a skill set of taking complex 
converse, com- complex topics like mortgages mm-hmm. or um, or you know creating the in- intentionally manifesting your life um, and and breaking them down into you know um, into <laughs> I'm having a hard time communicating it now but, uh, <laughs> breaking it down into uh, bite-sized easy easy approaches for people to understand so on the mortgage world I really enjoy helping people um, figure out where they want to be not only on this particular transaction but for the long term uh, what does what does the life look like that you want to develop are we just supporting you on this particular transaction or are we going to actually make sure that we set you up powerfully for your future um, and so that's the mortgage world and then um, but but what I realized was my where I can make a bigger difference is not one-on-one client management it's pulling myself out of one-on-one client management hiring somebody to take over that book of clients so I've done that she's mm-hmm. fabulous better than me um, I doubt that. no she's she's so <laughs> fantastic she's she's such a great person with her with our clients and um, and uh, and she's very enthusiastic yeah. and, and you know you can't ask for more um, <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, and and so that's been a really rewarding experience as I've taken myself out and really entered into this vision of myself as a leader, mm-hmm. and uh, and supporting the team uh, in their growth, and then that has given me the ability to um, also focus on Imagine Consulting simultaneously. Um, and I see Mortgage Pal as a client of Imagine Consulting at this yeah. stage, right? Like I see every single person within Mortgage Pal as someone that I can serve to help them achieve their goals. And as they achieve their goals, it means that their clients are achieving their goals, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. uh, I get to support so many more Canadians now through supporting the uh, the entrepreneur. I see entrepreneurs as change makers. So mm-hmm. I see myself as a change maker helping other change makers make change. Jeez Louise. What a slogan! Say that three times fast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, that was yeah. No, that's uh, that's really cool to hear. I and it makes total sense how they're evolving into each other. Uh, Trevor mentioned how you have kind of uh, coaching sessions with your staff mm-hmm. at, at Mortgage Pal, yeah. and I was very curious about that. Like, um, how do you transition? To, to have them see you in that way. And it's kind of maybe not a traditional way that you would coach a team, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of lessons you're imparting and so on. So how, how's that experience been? And how have you approached it? Yeah, well, um, so I mentioned, you know, what happened to me last year. Uh, in February, I started to realize these things about myself and, and, uh, and, and knowing that I'm absolutely fascinated by consciousness. Um, and, uh, I think it's really, it's a, it's a, an interesting topic that I intend to study for the rest of my life. Um, the, um, uh, it, where the, where the breakdown was happening for me was I was, you know, one vision of myself or one self image of myself was this mortgage broker. Uh, and then there's this new vision coming, which is this mentor on consciousness, on intentional manifestation. And they were kind of fighting against each other for a little bit there. And that's where I ended up going in a little bit of a depression as I was trying to figure that out and mm-hmm. came out of it. And then October of last year, that's when I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, I'm committing to this. I had uh, some guidance through my mentor, uh, that whom is, uh, who you and I uh, met through Dave Conway. Yeah. And, um, the, uh, and, and he, you know, helped me become aware of my strengths in this area. And so that's when I started to, uh, give it a go. And I figured, you know what, I'm going to start mentoring my, my mortgage team. Uh, so every Wednesday we do a bit of a mechanical call where we have a lender that does a presentation to us. We've been doing it since 2017 on zoom. Hmm. Um, uh, every week we've had a lender, um, present to, to the team to make sure that we're always staying up 
to up to speed on mm-hmm. products and policies so that we can better serve our, our clients. And, uh, and so that continues. Um, but then on uh, Fridays, I brought this mindset call to the team as well. So that started in October of last year. Mm-hmm. And it was my first opportunity to group mindset coaching. And uh, it's been great. We, we've been uh, studying a lot of um, a lot of the mindset side and and energy side uh, of consciousness, but also you know getting into the seven ba- seven major fears of a human being, the positive and negative emotions, motive the nine major motivations to a human being, and these are critical components for a salesperson to mm-hmm. understand. Part of that is the what you're really good at is that element of increase, like providing increase in everybody that you interact with. I had uh, a really cool example or experience that happened um, a few weeks ago, and uh, uh, I was it was this beautiful Friday afternoon. I had just done some wonderful clothing shopping, so I felt fantastic about myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually on my way back home to do the group Friday group coaching with Mortgage mm-hmm. Pal, and, um, <clears throat> and, uh, and and I was stopped at this crosswalk. And this lovely couple walks by, walks along the crosswalk. And now all my windows are down, the sunroof's open, it's a gorgeous Friday. And, um, and I just start slowly moving through the crosswalk because now it's empty and the next person hasn't quite made it to the crosswalk yet. So, you know, it's time for me to go through. And, and unfortunately, the next person was having a pretty bad day, it seems. He was a bit angry. Um, he took his skateboard and he smoked my car with his oh, skateboard. No. Um, really, really hard. It's got, it's got quite the dent in it. And, um, and uh, my initial reaction was, hey, like, that's what I said. I was like, hey. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why? Why me? <laughs> I'm just a really good guy. That's me. and then and then by the time he had so that was he was coming from the right side so the passenger side he hit my my back passenger door with his with his uh skateboard turns out it's about thirty five hundred dollars worth of damage it's pretty significant what he did yeah um you good hit yeah yeah, it was really well done um i mean if you're gonna do something right (laughs) just go for it yeah (laughs) so by the time he gets around the car behind the car and drops his skateboard in his bag and he's just ready to fight um i switched from reaction mode to response mode and this is so cool this is taking control of your mind Mm -hmm. because if you're in reaction mode you are not in control your programming Mm -hmm. is in control uh and so when i went hey that was my programming um and my programming in the past would have wanted me to you know defend my 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 vehicle and my ego and get Mm -hmm. out and you know as much as i'm not a fighter like the, the, if there was ever a moment it was <laughs> this was moment <laughs> and um and uh anyway he was ready for a fight he just lost it on me and he what? told he's like you almost ran me over mm. and blah 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 and i just sat there and listened and and then i returned i responded with love and kindness and i said i said i really appreciate that i'm sorry um i can't remember exactly what i said but i you know I, i'm sorry and uh and uh, I really hope you have a much better day for the rest of your day. I, I, I give you love. And, uh, oh, and wow. then I, and I just drove on and I felt so empowered by that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's really cool in retrospect is like when it happened, everyone around us, like the whole street stopped, yeah. right? Everybody stopped. And the couple that had just walked across, they were like nearby mm-hmm. and everybody was watching. And, um, and I just went back into a place, everyone I meet, 
I leave with an impression of increase. And so this gentleman that had just hit my car was obviously having a really rough day, mm -hmm. uh, maybe a rough number of years. In fact, like yeah. it was more than just a mood. It was his, mm -hmm. it was his, it was more than just his temperament. It was just yeah. who he was being. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so obviously something happened to the guy way back when, and mm -hmm. he's where he is now. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with my car and the car can be fixed. So I leave him with an impression of increase and I gave him love. And what's really cool is just think about like everybody else that was watching that couple and whoever else saw the whole interaction, they what learned. they were left with too, right? Yeah. What Holy an empowering cow. experience. So much self-awareness to mm. be able to switch like that. Mm -hmm. Like somebody cuts me off in traffic. I'm angry for like 10 minutes. I'm still swearing <laughs> at him and he's nowhere close to me. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of realize. But to be able to do that in just like a split second in the time it takes him to yeah. pick up his skateboard again. It was about a second, second and a half, and I was back in control. Wow. And then I got to go back home and start my call and share the experience that I just had. And I've I shared it with my parents. I've shared it with a lot of people now, the, the whole world. The whole world. And, um, all two million listeners. Yeah, you know. Is that all we're at so far? <laughs> um, and, uh, and um and you know, I told my parents about it, and they were they were. It was really cool to ex to share that experience with my parents, and and mm -hmm. uh, the experience of taking control of your mind in such a such a moment. So, and I think the biggest lesson is the feeling you felt mm -hmm. after. Like it wasn't about him, like you said, and you couldn't control how he felt after you left, but you got to feel that sense of, okay, I gave him love. Yeah, and I feel love now. Oh, and every time I think about it, I feel love amazing yeah 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 i would i don't know what i would have done it wouldn't have been that but but if, if there's one takeaway if there's one takeaway it's like the moment you're feeling a feeling you don't want to be feeling you recognize you're not in control and choose to take back control and i'm curious how you'd answer like um okay you have to follow your intuition and so part of that is listening to your feelings. Mm -hmm. But then how does one not interpret this? Uh, you know, if we don't feel a little like a feeling, you have to like kind of, you're not trying to bury it. No. How, how would you interpret that? Yeah. Ignore and override. No. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Delete. Bottle it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I learned that one uh, from TV. Ignore and override. <laughs> um, uh Seal Team Six. That's what it was from. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm writing it down. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, no. Oh, sorry, what was the question, Angela? Um, it's it's like how okay, um, being in control of your feelings. Mm -hmm. How do you differentiate that from burying your feelings or mm -hmm. not like listening to what your body might be trying to tell you? I think there's definitely a time and a place for some negative feelings, right? Like if, if you, whatever it might be for the individual, mm -hmm. there's definitely, um, you have to experience, you have to heal. I mean, if you're in a state of loss, you've got to go through a process of healing. So there's definitely a time and a place for the feel, for the negative feelings. I would suggest that it's very, very, very minute, very, very small periods of time where though it would make sense to stay in those feelings for a little while and really heal through them i think most of the time uh we end up in a state of negative thought or feeling that it really just doesn't belong and it's actually holding us back and so just recognizing it in the moment and choosing powerfully whether this is a feeling that you want to be in or not mm -hmm. i would suggest most of the time it's not um you know sometimes again i i, I i'm going back to a state of loss like if you if you lose someone um and they've passed on 
Um, I mean, you've got to, you got to heal through that. You've got to probably experience those negative feelings. However, a friend of ours recently lost her mother and, um, and she was shocked about, uh, how she went into a beautiful state of gratitude when it happened. Um, because now she felt like she was way more connected with her mom mm -hmm. than ever before. Her mom was always with her now. Um, oh, wow. yeah, really interesting experience that she, that she had, um, but, uh, but I, yeah, I mean, if you think about your day and you think about how much negativity you think, we think 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day, I've been told. So that's significant. There's a ton of time. There's a ton of opportunity there to think negatively. And it seems that we tend to be programmed to think negatively first. I don't know if it's a protectionism thing or, or what it is. We tend to go to the negative. But if you really look at it, none of those negative thoughts need to be there. They really don't. They're holding us back. They're fears. They're, they're uh, everything we've discussed so far. And um, all you really need to do is just think the, the feeling that you would prefer to be thinking. Think the opposite feeling. You don't need to bury it. You don't need to uh, ignore it, um, but replace it replace it would be doing what I it intentionally say. yeah intentionally. I, I like the, the the idea of choice around it because yeah. it's also like i think maybe i'm not thinking okay i don't i'm an evolutionary scientist but if you <laughs> think negative thoughts like negative thoughts can be very powerful short term mm -hmm. um but they're not um they're, you can't run a marathon with them like you will tire yourself out you'll demotivate yourself into the ground so i think even um if like so much going on in the world right now you can get really angry as an activist and say like you know use those feelings of anger to push yourself to put you know put put it in people's faces let's say what is wrong with the world these are all bad things um that's only going to carry you so much. I think you can get depressed and demotivated and just isolate yourself. Like you, nobody gets it. I'm the only one that gets it. I'm the only one trying to save the world here. That kind of uh, weight on yourself. Uh, or you can choose to have the same values, want the same things, but do it in a positive way. And that'll probably last you a lot longer and, and get more people on board to mm -hmm. help you and be part of the solution with you. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's like, yeah, you don't listening to the feelings makes sense, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it as in its current form, right? It's just like, why am I angry? It's because this is what I want for the world. Mm -hmm. How do I actually get that for the world? Uh, how am I actually a part of making that change? is most likely through a positive mm -hmm. uh, push. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree completely. Um, so, you know, what I hear there is if you are in a negative state around the state of the world and you want to make a difference, um, you're using that, that first realization as, okay, there's something here I want to make some change around. Now, now it's time to think about the positive side mm -hmm. and focus only on the positive because we create from the inside out. We create from our consciousness. We create from our belief system. And so it's our beliefs that we, that we create from. So if, if we're in a, a state of belief that, you know, the world is doomed and, <laughs> and there's nothing I can do and, mm -hmm. and, it's, and well, then that's just the world you're going to create for yourself. That's the reality you're living into, but you can shift that and and live in a positive state of mind and and a positive state and, and and actually go out and make positive change and influence people from a positive perspective i personally think that that's that that will uh, attract a lot more like-minded people that will also want to be making that level of change uh it certainly has been for me i mean the the, the people i've attracted in my life over the last two years have just been 
gems, just beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. people. I mean, yourself included, Trevor and Laura. It's uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's just tremendous, and and um, I've I have like this force field up of negativity and when when news or negative people or whatever it are around me it's kind of just bounces off this force field and when somebody's having a negative conversation with me i tend to just internally shift it positively like i'm very much still present Mm -hmm. but but i'm i guard my internal way of thinking and being Mm -hmm. from that negative state because i just i believe that we create from the inside out and we create from our state of 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 being so why if i want to create a positive experience for my life then i must be positive inside and i think it creates i feel if i'm living in that kind of vibration i'm releasing i'm i like don't run out of energy mm-hmm. i have kind of an unlimited energy whereas if i'm where you sit and worry or you think about something that happened in the past and you're negative we'll call it you, your energy drops so fast yeah mm-hmm. and you're tired and you're just you're exhausted you're frustrated you got to go to sleep or drink a coffee whereas when you're giving off that good energy it's like your your energy is endless mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. you get more energized mm-hmm. and then you, you can't sleep because you're so mm-hmm. energetic you're so pumped yeah that's amazing. If, if, have you ever had an experience where you have a lack of energy, but then you shift your thinking and suddenly you have yeah. just so much energy? It's a, Where did that energy come from? You just released it. You released it. Exactly. It's always there. It's it's allowing that energy to flow through us, right? Whatever whatever you call that energy. I mean, it's subatomic particles. Everything is energy. Um, energy flows into us and through us. And the wonderful thing that I've discovered for myself is that we have the power to direct that energy in any form that we will to any end that we choose. We have that ability. That is our power. By taking control of your mind, you can direct the energy that is flowing through you in the direction that you choose. The unfortunate thing is, is that a lot of people don't have, don't have that realization. They don't have the control over their mind to direct the power into the direction that they want. Unfortunately, we often think about what we don't want. We focus on what we don't want. We choose what we don't want to mm-hmm. happen. Um, and, uh, and, and therefore we're actually directing that energy into a direction of what we don't want. And lo and behold, we get more of what we don't want. It's so it's, it sounds so simple and it is so simple, but even myself, like it's, it's not always easy to put into practice Mm -hmm. and you make it look so easy. Just like (laughs) switching like that. Just do it. Yeah. No, it it helps to have reminders and examples. And I think that's a lot of like, uh, the idea behind this podcast is just hearing stories about people and how, yeah, it's just reminders. Like it is possible. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us about what is Imagine Consulting? What's your goal with it and where is it headed? Okay. Well, um, Imagine Consulting is, for me, uh, an avenue to support people in helping them get to where they want to be. Um, it's uh, I called it Imagine Consulting because we think in images. We, we, think, we, we think and create through our imagination. It's one of our six higher faculties that we have. And um, and, uh, and we perceive our external reality and our internal reality through our imagination, our imagination and our subconscious mind, our body doesn't really know the difference between 
our external reality being experienced in our imagination and our internal reality being experienced in our imagination. Right. And so that's why I, I used the word imagine, imagine consulting, because um, really it everything starts in our imagination. Um, and uh, and so um, from there, it's just a matter of continuing to study consciousness and become better uh, as a mentor, as a leader, um, and, uh, and, and understand this material at a deeper and deeper level every day. Uh, it's been a daily study for me for, for two years now. And, uh, and I feel like I'm just lightly scratching the surface on what's possible and, 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 and my understanding of the information I'm looking forward to the next 18 years going by. Yeah. Um, and, uh, slowly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um and uh and i'm i'm really you know i'm thinking 20 years out going wow like can you imagine uh the the impact and and difference that we at imagine consulting will make uh in the world uh through our devotion to continually study consciousness and understand it at a better rate so that we can be better to uh to help others achieve their goals and, and really understand this information as well for the for the, I guess, less aware listener, what is consciousness? Consciousness is your uh, state of being. In my, from my understanding at this stage, consciousness is your state of being. So it is your state of mind. It is uh, the thoughts that you have um, most often. So if, okay. you're, if you're in a health consciousness, if you have a health consciousness, it's because your thoughts are predominantly about health. Okay. If you have a success consciousness, your thoughts are predominantly about success. If you have a poverty consciousness, your thoughts are predominantly about lack, lack of lack of wealth, lack, lack, just lack, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, it's just what are you, what are you allowing your your mind to think about most often? Again, we have sixty to seventy thousand thoughts a day. So, where are you directing mm-hmm. those thoughts? Are you directing them, or are you allowing your external reality to? to direct them and unfortunately that's that's what the majority of us do um when we're not aware of the power of our mind uh we're not in control and um and uh we look at our external circumstances you know the amount of money we have in our bank account for instance um and we go oh well i would really like to do this but my bank account says no yeah i can't afford it um so we you know we often have desires we are we're often like oh i'd love to do this i'd love to have this i'd love to be this but i can't for all of these reasons that mm-hmm. are very real to me because my external circumstances say i can't i can't do it i can't uh, i can't afford it i'm not worthy i'm not good enough so a lack of self-confidence um unfortunately what i've learned lately is over the last couple of years is we we're doing it exactly backwards the external circumstances will meet our decisions, our needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so the direction that I've chosen to move forward in with myself is focusing on what do I want and going after that, irrespective of what the external circumstances say I can or cannot do. When you bought your Porsche, mm-hmm. I know you didn't because I know who you are, but what would your bank account have said when you bought that Porsche? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. A lot of different programming comes up, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, lack of affordability, uh, e- you know, even if you can afford it, is it the right place to spend your money? Yeah. Um, and uh, etc. Like lots of 
sound, seemingly sound yeah. uh, ideas that that we've all been taught, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, looking at it as a depreciating asset, the moment it comes off the off the lot, you drive it off the lot, it drops significantly in value. Yeah. All of these valid, you know, reasons, but all those valid reasons stop us from actually going after what we want. Yeah. The, the question is, do I want the car? Yeah, I want the car. Well, then get the car. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. And this car is so, so, so much more valuable to me than the actual market value of the vehicle. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, that's, it, that doesn't matter to me at all. Um, and the value of the car is in the decision to buy the car. It's in the person that I'm becoming because of the purchase of the vehicle and uh and the power that that uh that i will learn and am learning that i will then be able to help other people understand as well and the self-worth i guess self-worth as well represents yeah yeah you have to have purpose though like you gotta have purpose you have to have a clearly defined purpose for yourself in your life that beacon that pulls you forward if it wasn't for having my clearly defined purpose you know Mm -hmm. pulling me Mm -hmm. forward in life I would um, I wouldn't have made the decision to start Imagine Consulting. I wouldn't have made the decision to buy the car. Um, I would be stuck in a place of uh, of fear and and uh, and and lack of self worth. When I um, when I purchased the car, when I made the committed decision to buy the car, um, I uh, it moved energy. It moved the idea from the tangible, sorry, the intangible thought to a tangible vehicle now, mm-hmm. um, which arrives in October. But but that's a committed decision. And when that happened, it moved that idea out of my mind. And what I've noticed through creation is as we move ideas out of our minds, it creates a void. And that void is then replaced with a new idea. And that new idea is in support of the previous idea. It's in support of your overall purpose. They 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 one idea comes in, you know, write it down, get it out of your mind, create that void, and the next idea will come in and then it supports it. And it's this ordinary ordinary sequence of growth. So um shortly after committing to the vehicle, a whole bunch of new ideas came to mind. Hmm. And uh uh one of them, um again part of intentional manifestation is you know, to create the goal of what you want. And then who is the person that has actually achieved that goal? What are their traits, their habits, their way of being, their beliefs? Who are they? What's their self-image? And so I've created the self-image of the person who achieves my goals. I named him Million Dollar Darcy. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I see him. Met, yeah, MDD. Yeah, Million Dollar Darcy. So MDD, he buys that vehicle. MDD is a public speaker. And so MDD should probably probably be speaking i should probably be speaking uh publicly and so when that idea came to mind i was like well i'm going to calgary and i have uh wednesday afternoon available so i called the hotel immediately and booked a room and Mm. um and just decided on that moment that i would do my first in-person uh seminar why not it's such a good example of like the doer i kept telling angela you're a doer and i said this at the beginning when we started and I don't know anyone else who would just like pop that idea into their head and then call the hotel within 10 seconds. Well, and that's what you got to do. You got to, yeah. you got to, you got to, you got to take action on these ideas before the programming comes in and tells you you're not good enough or yeah. you can't do it. You got to have a can do attitude, not a no can do attitude. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. there's so many reasons why oh, you yeah. should tell yourself, oh, 
even if you say yeah i'll do it but i'll do it later yeah. right like it's like just procrastination they're saying it's like it's so much easier to do that. it's like that's your default right yeah when i have a little more experience or like yeah when it's, i know more I'll do or it. once i prepare the material or once i have enough people sign up like i think that's there's right. enough of a window yeah. like there's myriad i'll research all the locations and find the best one yeah <laughs> like just do it and then everything else you you'll do a million more after this i'm sure so. yeah well you it's... just reminded me one thing that i uh that i have come to realize is the how is irrelevant hmm. we get stuck in the how all yeah. the time we come up with an idea something that we want and then we think about the how and we go well i can't do that and so then we kibosh the idea but if we just focus on the idea and take the very first step uh, of whatever that how is that comes to mind, then the next step of the how comes to mind, and then the next step comes to mind. And through an orderly sequence of growth, um, each dot, you know, starts okay. to unfold. And Steve Jobs said, you can only connect the dots by looking backward. So we, um, we, uh, I think what we try to do is we try to connect the dots looking forward. We try to go, okay, this is what I want. How can I make that happen? And we try to figure out all the dots looking forward. Instead, just look at the next dot right in front of you. And that next dot for me in this, in this case was to call the hotel. That was the very first thing that came to mind. So I picked up the phone, I called the hotel. Um, and then all of, all of the dots have started to unfold. And on Wednesday, it will then be in the past. Wednesday evening, it will be in the past. And I will be able to look back and see how all the dots unfolded. I had significant lack of self-worth before I started st studying this material. Mm -hmm. um, lack of self-confidence of what I was capable of. Uh, now I truly believe I'm capable of absolutely anything. Anything that I desire, I can be. You can have, be, and do anything because you are everything. Everything is energy. Everything is just a bundle of subatomic particles put together. Mm -hmm. You know, like your body is is a bunch of subatomic particles put together. They form atoms. Those atoms form molecules. Those mm -hmm. molecules form cells. Those cells form, you know, your tissues and your organs. That forms your body. Your body is the vessel of your soul. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you have a soul, you're a genius, and you live in a physical body. And, um, and I think we, we forget that, that we are three parts in one, yeah. um, you know, we see our body and we see that as us, but we're not our body. Our body is separate from us yeah. and, uh, and it's simply the vessel. What's your perspective on, uh, in charity and giving when it comes to mortgage pal and, and broader? Uh, you don't get paid from people. You get paid through people. That's Dave that, that taught me that one. Mm -hmm. You don't get paid from people. You get paid through people. So just focus on what you can give to others. Um, if, start where start where you are. If you don't have the finances to give, give give time, give love, like whatever it is. You know, those people with, you know, I'm giving hugs. Like yeah. just give because that, 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 what it does is it raises your own vibration, right? And so you, as you give, you, you, you actually receive love in return. You, you receive appreciation in the instant and that that act of releasing energy raises your own vibration and the vibration we're on is what we attract on right so if we're mm. wanting to attract good give good well i really enjoy dr joe dispenza and how mm -hmm. he um really takes this information that is quite spiritual information like when i say spiritual i really i'm talking thinking yeah. right like spirit is thought and um and, but he brings more of a scientific perspective to it yeah. uh, than, let's say, Napoleon Hill or Judge Thomas Trollard, et cetera, which are more on the spiritual side. 
Um, and it's very, very, I really enjoy learning the scientific side, you know, quantum physics, neuroendocrinology, etc. cetera. Um, the, um, it, it helps me add a lot of faith to it, really understanding the scientific side, like the scientific side to cause and effect, for instance, you yeah. know, cause and effect is a spiritual, spiritual, um, uh, what's, what is the word I'm looking for? It's a Connection. idea. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's science, but you can actually prove it scientifically as well. I really like, you, you like metaphors. So I'll give you another one here. Okay. Um, <laughs> when, um, when, uh, uh, when you're okay, now imagine yourself, okay. It's a beautiful day. You're at the lake, okay. right? Close it's this eyes. stunning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes. It's this stunning, beautiful day. You're down at the dock you're by yourself so of course you're naked and uh, <laughs> and um and you decide to have some fun so you yell out firstly across the lake you're surrounded by all these mountains right all these hills and mountains and so you yell out echo and you all you did was put one word one energy out into the universe echo and what you received back was all of these echoes back to you right echo 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 yeah. echo so what we put out into the universe one intention one thought goes out and it hits all of the other thoughts that exist in the universe and bounces off them and then you receive back to you what you put out into the universe multiplicatively mm-hmm. like it multiplies and comes back to you and that's cause and effect yeah i feel like you drank a red bull before you came over did not it's just did <laughs> not I'm a very goal-oriented uh, individual. Mm-hmm. I like to set and achieve goals. Um, and the one goal that was missing was to live joyfully. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Although I was living a, a, a great life, I was making myself wrong anytime I was enjoying time, enjoying ski time. Like, I love skiing. So being out skiing or hanging out with my friends or mm-hmm. hiking or doing anything other than the activity that directly supports the goals... Um, and I had five significant goals going into this year, mm-hmm. um, and none of them included joy. And any time that I wasn't focusing on those, I would feel this feeling in my <laughs> gut that I was mm-hmm. you know, wasting my time or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And uh, but then I realized like, the the baseline goal for me is joy. It's it's to live a joyful life. I am joy. I am love. I am. I am, uh, you know, I, I want to just continue to expand my experience of love and joy. And would you say part of that is like being present in those things that you're doing, like skiing or hiking or being with mm-hmm. your friends, mm-hmm. you're thinking about the goal. So you're not really present. Mm-hmm. So you're not experiencing that joy. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you just ground yourself in what you're doing right now with these amazing people and with your skis on and need eat powder mm. <laughs> then you get to experience that joy right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and and creating joy as a goal to to experience joy in everything that you do oh man what a freeing experience and you're going after a goal while you're doing it. you're you're in the goal <laughs> yeah hanging out with you here right now and enjoying this with you guys this is the goal in action such a eye-opening thought yeah that's the thing about like when you like learn to know yourself and then you have you can use that for your benefit like i am a goal-oriented person so how can i use that to be able to enjoy life right (laughs) like make a goal to enjoy life i love that yeah okay some quick rapid fires okay what is your favorite uh book or tv show or movie Ooh, good question 
Um, I'm not sure I can just give you one answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, let me let me start with the most recent movie I saw. While I was on the plane out to um, Calgary, uh, I ended up stumbling across a, a, a movie called Hector and the Search for Happiness. And uh, I think it was from at least in like 2014. Oh, okay. Phenomenal movie really good movie uh and so if you're into happiness if you want to be happy and understand if you want to go on the search for happiness without leaving your home hector's got you for the select few out there who want happiness if that's your thing yeah so so it was really good yeah yeah and then um gosh books um, so when I started studying consciousness and, and became aware of my passion for it, um, I downloaded Audible and I'm now at 134 titles. Oh my so um, a few of my favorites that come to mind, uh, Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Okay. Fantastic book. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I love really anything that Napoleon Hill or, or the Napoleon Hill Foundation has created. Okay. Um, Self-Confidence Formula is a phenomenal book. Uh, mm. It's tiny. It's not very large. Created by the foundation himself. And uh, it's it's very good. Of course, Think and Grow Rich is a classic. Mm-hmm. There's a number of other ones as well. Um, I mean, I could go on forever. Where can people find you, Darcy? Uh, people can find me at imagineconsulting.ca as well as mortgagepal.ca. And then we've got uh, social media as well. Um, okay. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll tag you on our social media, which is yeah. booming, by the way. Is it? Wow. <laughs> it's, it's very purple. 30 followers, I think. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so uh, impressed with, with you and, and, you know, how you've come along since we've met as well. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been an incredible journey to watch uh, your, your growth um, and how you've forgotten the fears that uh, that were really holding you back as well and you know, i think we're all we're all all of us um have been plagued or continue to be plagued with a lack of self-confidence or self-worth i think it's very common and it's a and a, and we mentioned it earlier i think purpose really supports the development of self of, of self-confidence i think it's a requirement having purpose of, um gives you the the confidence to actually go after what you want um uh, so a lack of self-confidence would be a symptom of not having purpose. Same with procrastination. If you're procrastinating a lot, that would be a lack of self-purpose or so of purpose, I think. Um, and you clearly have purpose because you have really gone um, uh, inward to really look at what holds you back, that that lack of self-confidence that you once had and um, uh, the, the need to fit in and, um, you know, fear of criticism was was basically, you, you and I talked a lot about it, fear yeah. of criticism really holding you back. And uh, I'm not seeing anymore. I mean, you're, you're writing novels or, no, you know, children's books and you're now creating a podcast. Like if anybody's going after what they're, what they want, it's you. I'm just really inspired by it. Oh, thank you for saying that, Darcy. It's uh, it's hard to step out and see yourself in that light. So I appreciate you saying that because mm. it's, it's always nice to hear that. Yeah. Well, I love you. Love uh, you. You're a beautiful person on the outside and a beautiful <laughs> person on the inside. Um, thank you for flying out specifically for this, for this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. See you, Darcy. Bye. Bye.